Are you struggling to hire diverse tech talent? After all, every organization in the world is now a tech company. And the ability to attract, hire, and retain tech talent from all backgrounds is critical to their success. Enter Hackajob, a reverse marketplace that actively vets engineers. We flip the traditional model on its head, meaning companies apply to engineers versus candidates applying to jobs, with companies getting an 85% response rate to candidates they reach out to, as well as exposure to tech talent that directly meets their organization's diversity objectives. Companies such as S&P Global, CarMax, and Sensor Tower are all using Hackajob. Why not join them? Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. Meta has ended its lift ride perk for workers while JCPenney has added childcare benefits like in-home daycares, nannies, and babysitters. Penny's is back, baby. Tough skins for everyone. Hi, kids. You're listening to the Chad and Cheese Podcast. This is your co-host, Joel Rico Blaze Cheeseman. This is Chad. Pay your damned rent. So wash. And on this week's show... Beamery me up, Scotty. Yeah, that one never gets old. Facebook out and porn cop. Let's do this. Okay, listener, how can you help your employees become more productive? I have answers. How about automating manual and repetitive tasks, giving meaning to data, then allowing that data to actually drive decisions? And how about matching people to your jobs quicker? Well, wait, the Chad and Cheese has a new LLM? No, Cheeseman. I'm talking about text kernel. Ah, okay. That makes more sense. What I'm hearing is the groundbreaking concept of, wait for it, Yeah. simplicity. <laughs> seriously, though, seriously. Text kernel cuts through the complexities like a tortilla chip through some hot nacho cheese. Oh, my God. Really? Nacho references already. Anyways. TextKernel brings efficiency and productivity to your operations. TextKernel seamlessly unifies your tools and data to drive efficiencies and success. TextKernel is creating new opportunities for your recruitment journey, kind of like adding guac to my barbacoa burrito. Oh my God. How about extracting meaningful insights from data. I mean, that that's something. Swiftly matching yeah. people with jobs, automating repetitive tasks. Who knew such advanced concepts were even possible in the land of human resources? Uh, we did, Chad. We did. Dude, wrap it up. I'm a little hungry. Imagine that. Uh, okay, listener, get ready to use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit textkernel.com that's t-e-x-t-k-e-r-n-e-l.com mm, nachos <laughs> so uh, apparently your ability to pronounce harry kane didn't help the english against uh france harry kane the english are out canadians are out are netherlands out, yeah. are out and france and argentina are rolling into the final so who you got it's gonna be a, a great matchup yeah yeah 
I've, I've felt ever since Argentina lost that first uh, game, that first stinker, that they've been on a mission, oh, man. Yeah. They've got yeah. machismo turned up to 11. <laughs> uh, Messi's clearly on a mission. Uh, the country is yearning, you know, for, for that World Cup title. Uh, France is a little bit comfortable since they just, just won the last one. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think Argentina has a, a slight edge in the championship. And I think Morocco probably wins the uh, third place. Hmm. Yeah, I'm going to go with Croatia and France. I think uh, France is just has too many weapons, not to mention they're young. Mbappe yeah. versus Messi. I mean, wouldn't wouldn't hate to see Messi winning, obviously, but uh, it just yep. seems like they have way too many weapons on France. Yeah. Now, you know, you know the sport better than I do, but it feels like France kind of just grinds you down like they just they play really sound, fundamentally good football. And eventually, when you make a mistake, when you are caught, you know, sleeping, mm. they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna get you. Whereas Argentina feels like a sports car <laughs> to me. So it's going to be a really interesting sort of defensive, offensive matchup yeah. from my point of view. What are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, I think you take a look at France, and then you take a look at England um, from the standpoint of Chris passes. Uh, I think France had uh, had a little bit more speed on the outside. I, I know England does have speed on the outside, but I don't mm-hmm. think that Argentina can can keep up with Mbappe. Yeah. You know, around the corner, uh, they just they, yeah. they 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 have some really really good players. And Giroud, uh, he's just been lighting it up with those little blonde tips and everything. His highlights, yeah, his yeah highlights. the tips. <laughs> Their goalie's really good too, France. Yeah. That uh, what are they called? Scorpion kicks, where it's kind of uh, reverse when you spin backwards. Oh, you mean bicycle kick? Morocco almost had that yeah. goal yesterday. That would that would have been the goal of the, uh, the tournament. Yeah, Pele made that yeah. made that uh, <laughs> made that famous. It's a bicycle kick. Yeah, bicycle kick. Yeah, it's is that was pretty awesome. Not to mention, I mean, the amount of shots that went off the crossbars were like. Fucking mm-hmm. crazy, but a g- great saves, great saves that happen all the way around. Speaking of checking stuff out, the last episode we talked about Chat GPT, mm-hmm. and uh, it had just come out. I haven't really played with it yet, and uh, I've been sort of digging into it. Oh, good. It's equal parts scary <laughs> and uh, equal parts impressive. But yeah. uh, there's a really good article in the Atlantic by a journalist, twenty you know twenty year veteran in journalism, and uh, it's if you check check that out, go search at the Atlantic and mm-hmm. uh, Chat GPT. But the guy in the story actually queries what professions are at risk because of this technology, yeah. and it literally yeah. answered. Uh, and I want to read this <laughs> excerpt from the story. He said, "I asked uh, Chat GPT to list fifty jobs that could be replaced by Chat GPT. Uh, it spit out spit out a list of less uh, in less than a second. It shot out customer service representative, technical support specialist, sales representative, or sales representative, receptionist, data entry clerk, call center agent, transcriptionist, legal secretary, medical secretary, executive assistant, personal assistant, journalist, novelist, travel agent, insurance agent, retail salesperson, bookkeeper, court reporter, marketing manager, list. public relations manager, advertising Jesus manager, Christ. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 50 professions. Fuck. And I would probably agree with all of those after just a short period <laughs> of playing with it. So this thing has the potential to really disrupt 
a lot of people's lives. Yes, I agree. And I bet, I bet that question has been asked uh, a million times thus far. So the ability to spit that out for you quickly was was probably very, very easy for, for chat being yeah. GBT. Uh, yeah. so, something else that is incredibly, I don't, I don't want to say disruptive. It's probably, well, it is disruptive, but, uh, but Twitter. Elton John leaves Twitter. Elon Musk <laughs> is getting booed off stage at Chappelle show. Yeah. He isn't yeah. paying rent for offices that he's demanding people come into. He's not paying mm-hmm. severances, or at least that's what the report was that he was thinking about not paying severance. Uh, he's allowing propaganda accounts back on Twitter, losing adv- uh, advertisers who don't want their ads associated with said propaganda accounts. And, yep. and, and, but yet, but yet Elon is launching a new version of Twitter blue that literally nobody is excited about. So we've got ex- the excitement of chat GPT and the drama yep. of Twitter happening. Well, if you just watch Fox News for a night, you'll think Elon Musk is a genius <laughs> and the greatest benefit to society in the last hundred years. So balance out some of your news there, Chad, because yeah. Yeah. Elon's not that bad of a guy. No, He's not no, that yeah. bad of a guy. <laughs> Whew, neither was Donald Trump. Anyway, shout out. 60% of the time, it works every time. All right, Chad, splits or swallows? Ooh. Anyway, a new Gallup survey like entitled yeah. Splitters and Blenders, mm. Two Different Relationships with Work, highlights the preference for flex jobs. Shocker, right? Gallup found that nine in 10 employees prefer some degree of long-term remote flexibility and nearly eight in 10 expected from their employer going forward. The study also found that hybrid work policies vary widely and that there is not a universal solution for the optimal number of days per week that employees should work on site. Finally, the study found that employees and managers should both have a say in determining hybrid work policies. No matter what Gallup says, advantage remote work. Shout out for splitters and blenders in the workforce. I I love it. We'll talk a little bit more about that just about every single fucking week. I guarantee it. My my shout out is to... Put your hands together for Ukraine, kids. Uh, the U.S. might be equi- equipping the Ukraine military with Patriot missiles, but what about the Ukrainian people? Yeah. They still need food, warm clothes, medical aid. So if you remember back, and not Taco Bell, please do not send those poor kids Taco Bell. Get them hooked on the Taco food. Bell crack. Oh, my God. If you remember back when the Ukraine war started, I did an interview with uh, Andrew Stetsenko, who uh, was an HR tech leader in Ukraine that was actually running supplies from the border. And I say was a, a tech leader because he's focused on nothing but helping Ukrainians since the war started. Food, clothing, medical aid. And that's not possible without people like you, me and our listeners and the safety of our own homes giving donations to help Ukraine get fed, get medical supplies, and win this monstrosity of a fucking war. Now, Steven Rothberg, fan of the show uh, and of college recruiter fame, actually pulled together a GoFundMe page that you can find on our website, chadcheese.com. Click on the Ukrainian flag and give... Give, give. So shout out to Steven for coordinating with Andrew. A big shout out for Andrew for doing all this work. It's his people. I get that. But man, it's a hard fucking job. Uh, The fund, the fund hit $24,000 yesterday, but that's not going to make a dent in the, in the needs of the Ukrainians. So get out there, go to chadcheese.com, click 
on the Ukrainian flag and give, give, give. Big, big shout out. There you go. There you go. Uh, my shout out goes to Urine in Ann Arbor, Michigan. That's right. Kids. <laughs> they go together. Yeah. Residents of Ann Arbor, home of the Michigan Wolverines, are complaining about the problem of public urination in the city's downtown area. <laughs> the issue has been attributed to a lack of ample public restrooms, yeah, with it. people often turning to alleyways to relieve themselves. In response, the Ann Arbor City Council recently passed a resolution asking the city administrator to look into the development of public restrooms. What a concept across the downtown area. The cost of such restrooms and how they would be maintained is still being discussed. Shout out to Pee Pee and Poo Poo in Ann Arbor, a city that was pretty putrid to begin with. <laughs> My last shout out goes to Andrea Wade. That's right, kids. Friend of the show, deathmatch winner, yes. and now the VP of product strategy at iSims. Congratulations, Andrea. That's awesome. That's awesome. We should give her some free shit. Yes. And we might if she's signed up for free shit at chadcheese.com. Click the free link. I haven't checked. Click the free link. We got uh, whiskey from Text Kernel. We got beer from our friends at Aspen Tech Labs. Uh, we got t-shirts from JobGit. And uh, if it's your birthday month, you might win some rum mm. from Plum. Yes. But either way, you're going to be a winner if you go to chadcheese.com backslash free. Um, all right, let's get to some some birthdays. Speaking of who should have a beer? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just going to read the rest of December because okay. our next few shows are like naughty and nice and uh, wrap up and, and okay. whatnot. Okay. So, so here we go. Celebrating a birthday uh, throughout the rest of December, we've got Holland McHugh, friend of the show, Jack yes. Mahoney, Monica Evji. I always say that incorrectly. I know Evji, Evji. Anyway, uh, Nick, Eight is Enough Bradford, <laughs> Allison Paget, Michael Smith, Mike Politich, yes. Fazla Mtiaz, Tina Davis, Angela Aguilar, Jeffrey Tainton. <laughs> what? He's, he's born on Christmas Day, so he's our Christmas baby. Wow. Nick Hutchinson, Kim Gray, who was our rum winner for December, yes. Lex Kremer, Bob Scrubs, Phil Larkin, Ali Rasa, Anoop Gupta of Seek Out. There he is. Happy birthday to him. Lauren Sharp, one of our favorite Aussies. Rathine Sinha, Jonathan Duart, and Mr. Will Cheeseman. My father Ooh. turns 83 this month. Very Happy nice. birthday to all the birthday kids. Very nice. Out there in December. And we're getting ready for 2003 with events. Thanks again for uh, Shaker for ensuring that we have 2003. Uh, 2000. Oh yeah, 2003. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Back to the Future, kids. Here we go. 2023. Can you can you believe that shit? We only look like we're in our 30s. Oh my god! Chad. Yeah, yeah. Well, after after we we have five events already locked in for 2023, and yep. after those. Yeah, we'll probably be looking a little more haggard. Well, chances are you've been up late uh, voting at rmvote.com. Oh. Uh, if you haven't heard about this, kids, our friends at recruitmentmarketing.com are having a vote for your favorite podcast, dun, dun, dun. conference, blog. Yep. I mean, all kinds of stuff. Sound off at R as in recruiting, M as in marketing, vote, rmvote.com. Yours truly are there. We'd obviously love love your vote as well. Throw, throw the hat in the ring, big boy.
And I hope that we get some foreign language voters, Chad, because we are in multiple language. Uh, special shout out to our friends yes. at Veritone for producing the German, French, Portuguese, and Spanish versions of our show. If that's your language of choice, feel free to check those versions out. They sound eerily and creepily like the real thing for kids. Veritone are wizards. It's just witchcraft. It's amazing. Everybody that, I mean, everybody who speaks, speaks French that I know, speaks Portuguese, German, what have you, I always say, hey, listen to this. Tell me what you think. Mm-hmm. And they're always, that is pretty, that's, that's fucking good. And that's creepy yep. as hell. <laughs> it is. It is creepy. Well, creepy as hell is our rankings on the leaderboard uh, for fantasy oh, football. We're getting to the end of the season. Uh, after this week, it's the final four for the top spot in fantasy football. But here is our leaderboard for last week in fantasy football. First to worst, we got Dennis the Gridiron Menace, Tupper, wow. Broadway Joe Wilkie, Christy Girl Power Kelling, Chris by the Skin of My Teeth Manion, Serge <laughs> like Warren Moon and Doug Flutie came south to kick some ass Boudreaux. Joel, thanks a lot, Stevenson Cheeseman. Chad, as always, just a little bit short of Cheeseman Sowash. <laughs> Mike, Tom Zach Schaefer, Matt Stafford Hill, James Laid Gilliam, Jason, like Notorious B.I.G., ready to die Putnam, Dan, open toe shoemaker. That is the leaderboard for fantasy football, which is thankfully almost over <laughs> for everyone who's sick of fantasy football yeah you're about three points from me uh, mm-hmm. i think we both have a chance if things fall correctly i'm not all that hopeful yeah christy played christy's team played out of their fucking minds last week and ended up beating me so yeah good, good game christy <laughs> topics Holy shit, I've missed this one. That's right. There's a unicorn alert, people. London-based talent recruitment company Beamery has raised $50 million in Series D funding, led by Teachers Ventures Growth. Total raised is $223 million for the company founded back in 2014. The funding round gives the company a valuation of more than $1 billion, thus unicorn status. The company has seen a 250% increase in Fortune 500 clients since its Series C funding round in June of 21. Its clients include General Motors, Johnson & Johnson, and the BBC, where Chad gets all his news when Mm -hmm. he's in Europe, and it has recently added Uber. Beamery says its AI-powered talent platform uses ethical AI to help companies plan for business needs, understand workforce skills and capabilities, and attract and retain staff. The company employs 400 or so people. Chad, your take on the Beamery news. Yeah, can we stop the ethical AI bullshit? My God, it's (laughs) just please stop it okay uh when beamery took their uh, c round at 138 million in june of last year i said that they had obviously looked past a, a smash fly like acquisition from a bigger possibly you know like agency player or something like that but they've been forced 
at looking toward acquisition by a bigger platform like ADP, SAP, or Oracle, or just becoming that bigger fish. Now adding another 50 million, totaling 223 million in funding, their focus has to be on moving toward a core talent platform, something that would replace the artifact we know as ATS. Beamery says, you know, if you go to their website, you see that they have a broad portfolio of solutions, which I believe could prospectively be their, their ultimately their, their downfall because a jack of all trades means you're a master of nothing. And it's not a great way to evolve a product. Plus Beamery is using the build versus buy strategy. Unlike Phenom, who has four acquisitions under their belt, Beamery has one which means more funding, increased headcount to build product and gain traction in different markets all around the world. So I think like many vendors over the last couple of years who were waiting for that 10x payday and they didn't get it, that Beamery only had one option, get more funding. But but the question is why? If if Fortune 500 rev, revenue growth is 250% and their retention is at 135%, which means they retained and they actually gained wallet share, is this responsible growth? Or is this hedging against a possible tight market and hoarding cash while it's still available? So my big question is, why do they need the money? If they have this great growth, are they just trying to hoard cash to ensure for a long winter or are they really going to be talking about the growth uh, in tech? So I've been critical of Beamery uh, in the past, yeah. and um, I think I'm going to push the pause on Beamery. Uh, Adam Gordon gave me a hard time <laughs> for being being tough on them, uh, and maybe that's just because they're a UK company and he's loyal to everything UK. But I think this is a a move that is in part because they realize that times are going to get tough and, and raising money now is better than trying to raise it later. It's kind of impressive that they were able to raise this much money in the environment that we're currently living in. We talk a lot about needing a bigger boat when we talk about companies that are competing with remote, deal, oyster, etc. Um, and I think that Beamery uh, is looking to compete on a scale equal to that kind of global platform, everything in one, all one platform to rule them all. Uh, and this round basically uh, backs up a hell, one hell of a big super yacht into the water. Uh, I'm a big fan also of uh, Allison Holbrook. Been a big fan of her for a long time. She's cut her teeth at, Mar at Monster, Scout, Vistaprint, Fidelity. Uh, she's currently their VP of um, corporate marketing. And if she buys into the company, she joined a, a year or so ago. She's been there two years, I think. That says a lot to me. Uh, her quote on LinkedIn in terms of the, the funding round was, quote, the latest round of funding will allow us to continue innovating our product, expanding our team, and pursuing our mission to give everyone access to meaningful work, skills, and careers. I'm just going to like think that this is going to work out. I've been really critical of them. I'm going to push the pause button. Uh, they're clearly doing some good things in terms of the clients that they have, uh, the tech that they have. I think to your point in terms of, of where they go, with innovation, um, they need to have a marketplace. They need to they need to open up the the platform to third party developers to build onto the onto the platform. Um, if they do that, I think that they've really got something good, and hopefully, some of that innovation and money goes toward building a marketplace that uh, other vendors can build on on top of it. 
Yeah, a couple of things. Listening to the the CEO and then also um, some of the quotes from the CEO and other leaders in the organization, that was not even close to being a part of the, the, the dialogue. It was all around talent analytics, upskilling, those types of things, which means they need to move toward L&D. Right. They, I mean, they, there are these things that they need to do and they're not going to build L and D or maybe they are. Fuck. Nothing excited me about anything that I heard just that they got, they, they got funding. And I think that again, it's like, it's like storing away the nuts for, for, for the long cold winter. The, the next piece is, you know, I think that, that the market is so great out there with all of these names. You mentioned remote deal and oyster. I don't see these guys in the same realm as I do a Beamery. I see Beamery being with Phenom. Eightfold and Paradox, where they are more shifted toward the next generation of what we now call an applicant tracking system. What applicant I like to, system, yeah, yeah, what I like to call a core talent platform, right? Where the, that applicant tracking is such a small piece of what these systems do nowadays. So I see Beamery and Phenom and Eightfold and Paradox. I see them as really the, the, the new crew coming in to, to build tech stacks of today. And perspectively, you know, kicking some of those old ATSs to the curb. But I mean, the remote deal oyster, I see them as more EOR, pay, onboarding. I think perspectively, you could see consolidation or acquisition by one of those one way or the other for for a convergence. Yeah. Could you see uh, K1 or Apollo or somebody uh, that owns ATSs back? Back the truck up and acquire Beamery? You know, I'm going to throw a curveball. I think it would be Main Capital or Bain, you know, so mm. ones that are more mm. globally focused, right? Yeah. I'm not saying that K1 and, and that they're not globally focused, but they do so much in the U.S. because the U.S. is such a large market. I think this play and I think every other play when you're talking about total, you know, addressable market is going to be global at this scale. And I, I think that Bain and Main Capital, both of them oh. have demonstrated that they're really looking at the global market. Oh, sure. Main Capital is a good call. It's going to be fun to watch and talk about, Chad. Hell yeah. I love it. You know what else is fun to talk about? Mm. Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> and they're, I don't know, they're foray into jobs, I guess we'll, we'll call it. All right. So in the news this week, uh, a, a note from Facebook headquarters went out to, uh, to users. Uh, the jobs on Facebook product is changing on February 22nd, 2023. What kind of changes are you asking? Well, they're shutting it down, Chad. That's the change that we're looking at uh, from the company. Jobs on Facebook will no longer be available on the Facebook app. Facebook mobile website or Facebook desktop site for both employers and job seekers. Yep. No more jobs on Facebook. There'll be history February 22nd. Well, that was a fun ride while it lasted. Uh, <laughs> will Google for jobs be next? Chad, your thoughts on Facebook getting the hell out of the job space. Well, I thought it was funny that David Cohen from Adweek wrote, uh, quote, when you come at the king, you best not miss. Facebook came at LinkedIn and missed, end quote. Okay, so let's try to get something straight here, David. LinkedIn's ad revenue is $3.8 billion in 2021, okay? $3.8, not even $4 billion yet, right? Facebook ad revenue, $115 billion. Okay, so let those numbers marinate for a minute. That's a difference between over $110 b b b billion. Plus, 
Also remember, Facebook found themselves in the government's crosshairs with the ability to hyper-target job seekers. So even though there are dollars there to grab, is it worth the risk in the optics around employment, where Facebook has no fucking clue what they're doing? Then remember, Google came in with talent and recruiting and Google Hire and, and the Google Job Search API, and, and that got canned all together. Well, the risk versus reward just isn't there for companies who see piles of cash in other areas of the business. Google's ad revenue in 2021, $209 billion. Google's cloud profits, which they've shifted a lot of their resources to, profits, $19 billion. Profits, not revenues, profits, $19 billion in profits. So yes, LinkedIn does have the reins on the professional net ad network, but you have to understand that $4 billion in a product is small beans compared to things like general advertising and cloud business. So LinkedIn isn't the king. It's just the best nobleman in the village. By the way, we have some, some hidden uh, footage of the meeting at Facebook before they launched uh, their jobs product. 60% of the time, it works every time. <laughs> so Facebook introduced uh, their jobs platform or solution in Canada and the U.S. in February of 2017. We had fun talking about that on the show. Uh, they expanded over 40 countries uh, one year later. However, Meta shut down the feature in February everywhere except Canada and the U.S. and removed the ability to distribute free jobs via a partner integration with the Facebook Jobs API. Life is hard for a job board, Chad. Look, <laughs> Facebook has issues. Its stock has crashed this year. Uh, young people are moving away from using Facebook. It's a legal minefield, uh, the jobs part of it. The metaverse is failing. Employees are leaving and recruiting is challenging. Throw in the fact that selling to HR people sucks and job search really wasn't worth their time uh, in terms of the reward financially. I certainly agree from your perspective on that. However, I'm going to throw a little curveball to you. Uh, from the looks of it, their workplace product is evolving nicely. Their little Slack enterprise uh, dashboard. Uh, so I don't see any reason to think that they're going to shut that down. Uh, they're going to continue to grow that. I'm going to take you back to to 2000 and something, maybe 2003, where you went back. You you had some premonition of what we we're going to talk about. So remember, remember when Google had a video product, Google Video, and they realized that YouTube had a much better mousetrap, and they just decided let's just drop a billion plus on on YouTube. What if Facebook shut down the jobs component because they want to build up their workplace solution? And maybe they're going to buy a job board on the cheap to plug into their workplace solution. I don't know. It's a little crazy. It's the holidays. I've got some eggnog left in my liver. <laughs> but I'm just going to throw out that maybe Facebook could buy a job board. And that's the reason why they shut down their jobs component. Yeah. Thoughts? Nah, I would say there's no way in hell. I think anything that they're doing would be to be able to have like connectivity for workplace to get more engagement into uh, Facebook like Slack, right? And, and Slack was uh, an easy, I think, buy for Salesforce. Uh, yeah, so I don't, I, I don't see that. I, I, I see them trying to go more toward engagement, dragging people in again, making it really what it used to be for, for most people, which was a lifestyle platform. You roll over in the morning, you check your Facebook. People don't do that anymore. They roll over in the morning, they watch puppy videos on tech, TikTok. 
right? So I, I think I, I think that would be the play. By the way, here's uh, some hidden footage of me waking up this morning and checking my phone. What are you doing, step bro? Anyway, we'll be right back, and you better. You better hope that I'm wrong on this prediction because I'll never let you uh, live it down if I'm right about this. Oh, my God. <laughs> Stay tuned, kids. Human resources is supposed to be about humans. I mean, it's right there in the name. But when your hiring team is more like an assembly line glued to their computers, manually posting heaps of jobs everywhere they can think of, that human part feels nowhere to be found. This is a new era. Pando IQ takes the mind-numbing copy-pasting and nerve-wracking guesswork out of the job posting process. When you plan a hiring campaign with Pando IQ, you tell us who you need. Then, before you ever spend a cent, we predict what it will cost to find them. Pando IQ chooses the ideal recruiting sites from thousands of options, targeting the ones your next great hire frequently visits, then fires off your ads at precisely calculated times, surfacing the most relevant applicants for you to pick from. Now you're free to get to know the best talent. Build great teams and take care of your humans. Pando IQ will do the rest so you can get back to doing what the computers can't. For more information on Pando IQ, go to pandologic.com. That's pandologic.com. I thought it was going to be like the I thought it was going to be like the blazing saddles around the campfire uh, yeah, audio. The bean, the bean footage. <laughs> yeah, the beautiful bean footage. <laughs> All right, Chad, let's play a game of Who'd You Rather? Everyone loves a good game of, of Who'd You Rather? And we are one of those. So here's how we play, kids. We talk about two companies that have received funding recently, and we basically pick one of them. In terms of Who'd You Rather, you ready to play, Chad? Hell yeah! All right, in one corner, we've got OutDefine. The San Francisco-based startup OutDefine has raised $2.5 million to build a decentralized hiring community for Web3 talent. The round was led by Web3 investors TCG Crypto and Jump Crypto. That sounds reputable. With participation from Big Brain Holdings, Formless Capital, Blowcore, Mask Ecofund, Crypto Angels, and some syndicates. OutDefine is building a token-backed hiring marketplace on the Solana blockchain. Could I put any more buzzwords in this? Where talent directly negotiates the scope and compensation of their job and receives tokens as a reward. That is OutDefine. And in this corner, we have Cadence. That's Cadence with a K. The startup that just launched out of the Chargeify wireless charging network, that's called a pivot, Chad. They've raised $10 million in seed funding. The company will use the funds to coordinate people, places, and projects to enable hybrid co-working within teams. The startup pulled in 300 customers in the 18 months since its relaunch, including Calibra and Starling Bank. That's where you do your banking, isn't it, Chad? Cadence claims its software can reduce office space by 68% while increasing the number of employees coming into the office to collaborate by 25% month over month. So, Chad, out define or cadence, who'd you rather? So, first and foremost, out define, do we agree that Web3 is going to be big one day? 
Do, do we not think it is? It, it may be the most overhyped tech in our lifetimes. I don't until know. until well, it's not, I think. I think until it's not. But the problem is, I need to see some real world uh, applications. applications. Yes, you know, yes, I mean, yes, the, yes. The, the the web died, but at least I had bought something on the web. At least I had email. There was some proof that I was going to use this thing. Web three, yeah, not so much. You've got to ask yourself at this point if it is something. Shouldn't Dice be the predominant place for 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 Web three? So I went there to do a search and just did basic Web three, and they had nineteen jobs. One nine. 19 jobs and I went to Indeed and I got a smattering of shit that just had made no sense whatsoever with regard to you know web 3 development and whatnot so I thought you know what there there might be kind of like an upwork for web 3 talent and anybody who wants to be on web 3 they love the tokens thing and all that other junk um, so yeah th- this this might actually be a thing that I checked out Cadence one, one thing that we didn't see or didn't say on Cadence is that Chargeify had $27 million prior to this pivot, uh-huh. yeah. right? So there's $27 million that's already in this repurposed tech that they've been pushing since 2013. Uh, so this is this is interesting. And, and because hybrid will be the easy compromise for most companies, but hybrid work presents an entirely different set of logistical problems. Companies want to downsize their office space, which means knowing capacity, planning for capacity, desk swapping, scheduling, in-house client meetings, and the list goes on. Zero to 300 clients in 18 months sounds good, but at a $4 a month starter price, that's not a big MRR to go with, but it could be leading into something bigger and bleeding into to organizations. Uh, I'm going to bet on hybrid over Web3, which is why I would rather all cadence all day and all night, baby. All right. You got cadence on that one. Yeah, dude, seriously, uh, OutDefined has literally on their website, quote, hire global talent across Web2 and web three seriously okay, so so ftx i assume that if you listen to the show you know what the hell is going on with them uh ftx and their elk have killed the idea of decentralized in the blockchain people gave ftx their money and then saw it be get embezzled uh gone into thin air the whole trust system that blockchain touted just smells like bullshit now uh outdefined has access to this quote decentralized community it's not some in the cloud no management no one owns it kind of thing just like companies uh, who are saying ai um, are soon going to have to face the music with government regulators if they keep saying they're ai and they're not really Uh, i think some pain is coming for bullshit vendors like this who are basically linkedin wannabes in an unmarked van luring (laughs) candidates and with some fake crypto candy (laughs) Call me crazy, but yeah, like this is so. Uh, there's no way that I'm going to go with fucking out define um, as my who'd you rather. By the way, uh, Cal Anderson, co-founder and CTO at Slack, uh, is a new Cadence investor, which I found rather interesting. So yeah, who'd you rather? It's a little bit of a lose lose on both of those, maybe. But if we had to choose after a few drinks, we're going with Cadence. All right, Chad, let's talk about Upwork. And side hustle nation, shall we? There's a lot of attention going there. All right. So our friends at Upwork, that's at stock ticker UPWK, are starting to ask questions. 39% of American professionals participated in freelance work this past year. That's up from 3% in 2021, and it's also a record high. 
That percentage was 34% in 2014 when the survey was first done, and the company said a total of 60 million Americans did at least some freelance work in 2022. As people continued to want flexibility, freelancing became more appealing and essential as it represents a shifting mindset in the workforce. The autonomous nature of freelancing becomes more evident as more companies usher in a return to the office. The real appeal in freelancing is quite simple, money. A majority of respondents, 83%, cited earning extra money as the top reason for freelancing, and 73% cited control over one's financial goals and future. Dealing with inflation and stagnant wages, more Americans are looking to side gigs in order to stay afloat. Some other highlights from the survey, over half the work is knowledge-based, such as computer programming, marketing, IT, and business consulting, and 26% of all U.S. freelancers hold a postgraduate degree. That's up from 20% just a year ago. Big impressive numbers, but you're not typically a big fan of surveys, Chad. Where do you come down on Side Hustle Nation? So OnlyFans has been the biggest payday side hustle that we've talked about on the show thus far. But there are more options than freaky foot fetishes for our money on on OnlyFans, right? And let's be clear. This podcast started as a side hustle, right? So we couldn't make it on OnlyFans. So a podcast had to do. Um, But you you talk about surveys. LendingTree literally just did a survey that showed 44% of Americans have a side hustle. Who are the side hustlers? Mainly, you've got 62% of uh, were Gen Z's, 55 millennials, 55% millennials, and parents with children younger than 18. Uh, that was 54%. So there's there's a good amount of Americans who are looking side hustle. And there are sites out there, sidehustle.org, that are available to, to help people find their hustle, to be able to answer questions around legal entity types, marketing your side hustle, how to monetize, how to build taxes, and then uh, there, one that you didn't mention was online tutoring, which seems to be you can get up to $180 an hour on platforms like Outskill, Wiseant, uh, Lesson Face for, for doing a tutoring side, side hustle. Um, from time, talked about referees, sports referees like soccer, football, uh, getting anywhere from $1,500 a Are month. Are there sites for refs? Yeah. And, Are there? <laughs> yeah. And then, and then one lady is making $22,000 a month by making art and working about two hours a day. She sells her art through what her website, Etsy, uh, Society Six Shops, and she's also gotten into retail stores like Target and Home Goods. So, I mean, these side hustles have actually blown up into something bigger, uh, and there's starting to be platforms that are out there to to take advantage of to some extent, but also to to amplify some of the really good side hustles that are out there. Okay, I think you have to consider the source a little bit. Uh, Upwork makes more money if oh, yes. everyone thinks everyone is on Upwork mm-hmm. doing gigs. So I'm taking some of this with a grain of salt. Uh, however, the side hustle is real. Uh, smart people are learning to use these services to either make additional money, like the survey says, in addition to their day job, or making a living um, on their terms, you mentioned our side hustle that turned into, I guess, a job in quotes. And the increase in layoffs that we've seen means more people are going to investigate the option of going gig. You'll remember LinkedIn really blew up in 2008 when the big recession hit and everyone was looking for jobs. At some point, I think we'll hit a ceiling 
where there's so much competition and it's too tough and, and just too numerous for people to cut through the clutter of the gig economy. But I don't think we're there yet. It's real. You know, my kid works food service and it's fair to say he's not a big fan of it. Uh, I, I would be surprised if he's not driven to how do I make money on the side on my terms, on my time, uh, without a boss looking over my shoulder. Uh, by the way, Upwork and Fiverr stock, they're both uh, public companies have been in the shitter all year, which could be further evidence uh, that these services do have a ceiling on growth, or at least Wall Street sees, sees a ceiling on it. So it's going to be fun to watch, but I think it's real. I think more and more people, I think more interestingly um, from that is a lot of the side hustlers are now professionals, uh, people with MBAs, people with you know advanced degrees. That's that's important, and companies should be very aware uh, that those folks are moving to gig because those folks traditionally have had a job with benefits and retirement and all that good stuff. So if that's switching, that's a big red flag for employers to be aware of. Yeah, well, you mentioned money, but autonomy is obviously huge when it comes to when it comes to actually being able to if you can if you can survive on your side hustle and you can I'd rather do that any day than actually having to clock in. We'll be right back with Porn Cop. <laughs> Are you struggling to attract the talent you need today? Do you lack visibility into where your recruitment ad dollars are really going? There's a better way. Acquire ROI is a programmatic job advertising platform built to optimize your budget and supercharge hiring. Acquire ROI automatically manages and measures recruitment ads across job boards so you can allocate your budget based on insights, not hunches. Get to quality candidates faster and cost-effectively scale hiring across roles, all while gaining complete visibility and control over your recruitment marketing investments. Say goodbye to manual guesswork, inconsistent performance, and wasted spending. And hello to optimized automated campaigns that produce qualified applicants. At Acquire ROI, we make job advertising easy. Visit us at acquireroi.com and start transforming your talent acquisition today. It's getting hot in the desert, Chad. A Phoenix police officer is under investigation for allegedly creating and distributing pornography while on duty and working from home. What are you doing, step bro? Officer Christian Goggins, 30 years old, is accused of disseminating adult videos through a public Twitter page using the handle Rico Blaze. That was your nickname in high school, wasn't it, Chad? <laughs> By the way, his profile page bio is, in quotes, I create art and my insert eggplant emoji is the pin. And he has 24,000 followers, if you could believe that. Goggins allegedly had been traveling to Las Vegas to produce and star in his own hardcore pornographic videos. The Phoenix Police Department has confirmed that Goggins is the subject of an internal investigation but would not further provide details. Chad, I'm sure you fought the urge to insert a bunch of gun jokes into your commentary, but what are your thoughts on Rico Blaze? Yeah, I just think it's interesting that poor Officer Goggins is going to have to experience an internal probe. From <laughs> but 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 seriously, we we actually had a story where a female cop was ousted out of the force for having a sexy OnlyFans account, yeah. but she wasn't filming on the clock. So when you're a police officer, you should not be trying to get your baton wet. I mean, that's all there is to it. <laughs> 
He's got a big gun, man. You know, unfortunately, Upwork doesn't have a porn category. Otherwise, we could have gotten some data from their latest survey on this one. Uh, anyway, I'm a kid from the 70s. So were you. Uh, I frankly just assumed all cops were doing porn on the side. Uh, <laughs> like, are you telling me Eric Estrada and Chips, uh, the cop and the village people, Starsky and Hutch, William Shatner as TJ Hooker weren't doing some low-budget skin flicks on the side? Oh, yeah, yeah. On the and side. don't even get me started on Crockett and Tubbs from Miami Vice, please. We out. We out. Thank you for listening to what's it called? The podcast. The chat. The cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout outs of people you don't even know. And yet you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho. Pepper Jack. Swiss. So many cheeses and not one word. So weird. Anywho, be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chatcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out! How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.